Welcome to episode 12 of Super States, Practices of Transformation, with me, your host, Joshua Peters. In each episode of Super States, we talk to world-class experts, industry leaders, and revolutionary thinkers, and they all share the latest information, research, and tools, along with their own personal stories to inspire us on our journey of using trance for personal or professional growth. This week, I talk with Leo Canetto. Leo is a musician, a meditator, and a facilitator of community mindfulness events, both in America, but all around the world. Leo is the founder of Zendo Stereo, which creates group psychedelic and healing experiences using only music. Open your ears and get ready for musicfulness and community with Leo Canetto. Welcome to Super States, and I am here with Leo Canetto. Uh, he is uh, really a fascinating, he's got a fascinating business and uh, using music as a way of creating change, creating trance. So, uh, Leo, why don't you tell us what you do, how that can transform lives? Uh, yeah, let's let's hear from you, Leo. Uh, for having me. Um, so let's see. The genesis of what I'm doing is rooted in, uh, I, I started playing music when I was 18 years old, made records, toured the country. But my mid-20s, I'm like, eh, I think I may be done with this. Moved to California from New York. I'm from Argentina originally. Um, discovered Burning Man culture sometime around 2006. And I started meditating in 2006, seven. So meditation and mindfulness was a huge tool in my toolkit, right? Just 20 minutes every day, twice a day when I can. But if I do 20 minutes every day, I felt better, right? And I just started this, just to change it myself. And as I was meditating, I noticed, huh, this is a mental state that I used to get when I was recording and making music. And the process mm -hmm. of creating a track involves a lot of recording, a lot of focus, right? Put headphones on, you listen to just one sound for maybe the whole day, which if you ever had a partner that doesn't do music, they're like, what are you doing with that one <laughs> hi-hat all day long? <laughs> and it's like, no, honey, it's not ready, <laughs> right? So... So that was my insight, like, huh, we can, I wonder if we can put people in these trance states. And I've, I've also done plant medicine with you know, more traditional shamanic uh, cultures, uh, with the Peruvian and the Native American. And I said, huh, there's a huge component of that experience, right? And how that container, without music, I couldn't imagine what that must be like. Then I've also noticed that the music was very culturally dependent on the people who the tradition came from and then my other insight was huh we have our own culture like the peruvian have their icaros the icaros make sense to them because they culturally are accustomed to them the, the way they sing the way they perform the instruments they use and i was like well we have our traditions we have we have you no know, rock and roll electronica whatever you want to call it so that could have maybe replicate that so it resonates with culturally with the people here so i didn't want to be that the shaman healer wearing a headdress, it's not authentic to me. Also, it's, it's appropriation, right? So that was, that, that was the insight. It's like, huh, I wonder if we could use music 
to create this container. We don't have the psychedelics. That was another thing. We said psychedelics are a big commitment to alter states, super, uh, you know, uh, what can I say, magic to use a you know, overused word. But the idea was like, what if we took psychedelics out and made it more accessible to people who culturally, first of all, they're illegal in most of the Western world. So that was not an accessible tool for most people, right? And it turns out it works, right? Like it can put people in an altered state and an ecstatic state. Yeah. And then now, as I've been doing it, it's funny. I started, I, I did it for him in the intuition place. And then I started to read all the books and all the papers. And there's all these various fields that have been to a similar shore, so to speak, of everybody's landing on a wave. Music is way more powerful than we thought. We know we like it culturally, everyone does. But now it's like the Alzheimer's tests are doing magical stuff to bring people back to life. And then there's also like down regulation for stress reduction and all sorts of diseases, right? Which are, diseases are, in my view, mostly imbalance, right? Dysregulation, too much of something, yeah. not enough of something else. So to bring it back into balance, and if you look at, uh, it's a long answer, by the way, <laughs> to look at yeah. society, uh, what we do, uh, I think most of society tends to upregulate, drink your coffee, well, get on social media, let's right. accomplish things, let's do things, capitalism, you need to pay the rent, you want to buy a house, and it's all go, go, up, 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 right? And then mindfulness is the opposite. It's like, nope, less, 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 down, 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 right? Slow down your breathing, slow down your heart rate. De-stressing is just that, right? We're going to get in a safe environment and not be creating stories with our mind, which is what stress is, right? The fight or flight is yeah. overactivated. Fight or flight is super helpful when there is a reason for flight. Most of us are sitting in a chair in front right. of a computer for eight to 10 hours a day. And yet we're in fight or flight, you know, seven out of those eight hours. So the mindfulness, as I was taught, I, I learned that Vedic meditation, which is like TM, right? Mantra based. Yep. And uh, I was taught by uh, uh, Thomas, uh, Tom Knowles. He is a legendary, he's in Australia right now, but he like trained with the Maharashi, which is the guy that taught the Beatles and the West how to meditate. Okay. So it was a very interesting, you know, intro to it where I was like, well, oh, okay, this person seems to know what they're doing. <laughs> you know, he's like gentleman and when I met him, he was seventies and he looked like he was I was like, that's interesting. As a thirty five year old, I'm like and I'm fifty now and people are like, Were you fifty? I'm like I'm not bragging, I'm like, Yeah, if you just chill out for you know, it just you there's a lot of energies to practice. And again, and my bet was let's combine it with music. People are like, I can't meditate. And there could be many reasons, right? It could be a cultural block, it could be a, a no, or ADHD, sped up brains, have a lot of difficulty slowing down and getting quiet because all our lives we've been trained to not do that. Yeah. You, know, you should have one more thought before you go to bed. You know, <laughs> make sure you get on the phone and check the news just in case something happened, you know? So, so that's how I came to you know, put it together. And then my three pillars to close music, mindfulness and community, right? And I've, I've stayed very true to those three things. It's like, this is not a, a solid, I don't want to create another, you know, visor headphones sitting there on your own, which is how psychedelic therapy is done, right? When you are in yeah. that deep need, I think it's more like we are healthy normals that need on a regular basis to take out the garbage. You know? And if you need 
deeper, let's say if you have war trauma, sexual trauma, whatever, then you should go to a hypnotherapist or a therapist and go do uh, solitary work, with lack of a better word, solo work. Sure. My bet was I wanted to create a group container, you know, to have people resource and have people connect afterwards. And sort of like, yes, we're going to be on headphones and, and blindfold for the first 50 minutes of the session. But the next hour, the quality of interaction with the people in that room, it's through the roof, right? Because most people's anxieties are you work into a room, you don't know people. Let me get a drink, drink some alcohol. I'm going to relax a little bit. There's loud music. You talk to someone. What is the mm -hmm. first question they ask you? What do you do for a living? Ugh. You know what I mean? We're trying to suss that. Well, like at Zendo Stereo events, the first question they ask is like, where did you go? Oh my God, I went to my you know, childhood and I saw my bike getting stolen the first time and I you know, was able to heal that pain that no one understood how much that bike meant to me, whatever that is, right? It's always a deep personal story. And the other piece is this, they had a experience, you know? I call it the roller coaster effect. When people, if you go to any roller coaster, it's a long line for an hour, no one talks to each other. They get on the roller coaster, 50 people, woo, they do the thing, and they come out the roller coaster. Everyone is high fiving strangers, laughing, you know, hugging each other. Yeah. Because they just <laughs> went through something, right? And the second we humans bond, like we have that over there. You know, we have the bonding experience. And that's what I want to leave people with. I want to leave them down regulated. I want to leave them a little more connected. I I love I, I love your three pillars. Uh you said music meditation and community correct mm -hmm. yeah mindfulness yeah. even more so than meditation mindfulness. because i think meditation Music, is that people get caught up in and... absolutely because there's so many ways to be mindful aside from just meditation yeah and what have you uh what's changed about how you do this uh since when you since you first started um i had an involuntary two point plus year break because of the global pandemic, you know, as a Gen Xer, I really resisted doing an app, doing a VR thing, doing a mm -hmm. live stream. I was like, let's get people in a room. That was my bed. I, I had the idea in 2016, workshop through to 2017, got on the road 2018, 19, everything was on that, you know, the up slope and then 2020, bloop, just cut it. So then, my adjustment was let's sit with that for a second we cannot gather whichever side of the aisle you'd land on the pandemic it was a rough time for a lot of people ironically enough people needed it more than ever <laughs> but we couldn't gather so in those two years i did live streams which was made three times a week one hour broadcasting across the world and then i got yeah. you know, a little community of people that were like they will tune in in denmark or in australia and new zealand you know and um same thing with my SoundCloud. Uh, I've recorded the, the mixes, I call them, because they're not tracks. They're like one-hour pieces of music that are some kind of mindfulness, psychedelic DJ, if you want to call it. But I'm using uh, recording software instead of DJ software. I can actually put effects and create. I can say, like, I like three quarters of this song, but I deadline's quarter gets a little too activating so i can fade it out and edit it out and put so i can create stacks of like three or four songs in which each one plays a part of that song to create this experience that i want you know which is a journey like right? you you have peaks and valleys light and dark you have you know 
that you kind of want to bring them, start at the baseline, go to the underworld or go above, depends on how you look at it, right? Some people have this overview effect of their lives or of their problems sure. or of their feelings. And then to gently bring them back or gently bring them back up, it depends on where we are and leave them where they started, right? In this place of like, you know, joy and bliss and fulfillment for lack of a better word. Um, yeah. So I think what's changed is that I had to rethink how to do that. And now kind of back to the future because I'm back on the education process, which is what I'm doing is I'm not bragging. So unique that sometimes can be a hindrance, but the yeah. uniqueness of it makes it so when people have the experience, which is unfortunately so far, it's so experiential that it, if you look at a picture of a room for Xander Stereo, it's just a lot of people just laying down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're <laughs> like, oh, it's adults taking a nap with headphones on a blindfold. So you're like, what is going on? But the people who are in that room are having big emotional breakthroughs and they're journeying to you know, time, space, whatever it is that they, they, they're called to go in. And in that room, like I tell people, uh, I, I tell people the music is neutral, right? Yeah, you have feelings and emotions. So when the music plays, this person is crying, this person is laughing, this person is neutral, same song, right? So what is happening? Well, yeah. violins play, you just fell in love, ah, my romantic, you know, memory, whatever, or feelings come up. But the person next to them, their pet died two weeks ago, so they're filled with grief. So violins play, tears come up, right? And I tell people part of the practice is that to feel your feelings. We don't have spaces in our culture to feel feelings. What do you do? You get up in the morning, you go to Starbucks, get a coffee, no crying there. You go to work, definitely no crying there. Go on the way back, you hit the store, no crying there. You come home, yeah. well, I guess I'm going to watch some Netflix and go to sleep. So all these feelings that are being generated by our thoughts and our emotions and our memories are just stagnant. They're just sitting there. So in an hour, people can whoop, you know, just open up all these cages that they have and birds fly out, right? So the, the practice yeah. is a, like somebody said that somebody wanted to turn pizza huts into menstrual huts, meaning like a place for women to go experience their menstrual. And I think like my, the Zendos area is like emotional hut. You know, like you come yeah. to a place, you get to feel, and not necessarily bad feelings either. It doesn't have to be grief or crying. Sometimes it's just joy. Like you get a piece of good yeah. news. You can't go hoo, 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 skipping down the street. You're kind of like, oh yeah, that was great. You know, we're thought to keep it down because we don't want to disturb the peace or whatever, <laughs> you know. Uh, as as a culture, right? We're efficient, we're practical, you know, yeah. whatever, like very, you know, accomplishment is number one, uh, which is a prefrontal awake brain, right? It's like the yeah. brain is good. I call it, uh, it's a prediction machine, right? It's trying to see where we're going to go next. And it's also a, uh, a selector of like, I want to move away from pain and move towards pleasure, right? So right. there's a part of the brain that's very active in the past to be like, hey, remember that thing? Let's not do that thing. Mm -hmm. Or remember that thing? And in the future is where I'm going to be happy. So the day I buy my ticket to my vacation, I get excited about what I'm going to do three months from now. <laughs> yeah. Right? right. But but today, the present moment, most of us are never there. I'm upset about something that happened in the past. I'm excited or afraid or anxious about something in the future. So the mindfulness practice is, be here. Now, what are you doing? Man sitting in a chair, woman sitting in a chair. 
a lot. <laughs> so, so that's kind yeah. of, again, I feel like I'm back in the education and sort of, yeah, no convincing, but inviting people to come into a space and give it a try. And most people are like, Oh my God, I needed that. I'm like, you're welcome. It's, <laughs> it's a really, uh, it's a really unique way of creating a, I don't want to say a guided experience. I mean, it is a guided experience because your music yeah. is guiding people, but mm -hmm. it's not like a guided meditation where you're taking someone on a journey from, you know, from A to B. You're, you are taking them on that journey, but they are, are supplying the, con, the, con, uh, the content for the journey. And it's mm -hmm. different. It's like I'm giving them a soundtrack. Every single visuals. person within there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, it uh, makes me so one of my favorite things to do is put on uh, some kind of electronic spacey music, lay on my couch and just let the music take me away. Like that's that's uh, that's how I downregulate. Right. And mm -hmm. uh, so I have no doubt that I would love to experience one of your events. Yeah, I'm, it's interesting you said that because. I do think it's very important to set the container. I'm always joking. I have no tattoos in me and I've been in bands and stuff. And I, if I ever get a tattoo, it would be a little Tupperware. <laughs> because <laughs> I think containers are like one of the most important things that I yeah. that I work with in my life. Like a show, like a, even if it's, I mean, I was in a hard rock, like Nine Inch Nails industrial kind of band, right? Okay. So the container for that was we were mysterious and dark and like, you no. Know, backlit a lot of smoke you know we played shades or opening tracks because people were like where, where are we going here this is not what i'm expecting like that crowd did not want shade and we we're like yes you need to chill out because then we're going to be like that much louder <laughs> right <laughs> so that container was that right so for the zendo my talk at the beginning at the end sets the expectations and primes people hey we're going to do this practice. Your brain is going to do its thing. That's it. We're going to slow down our breathing. That's going to help you. As the music gets in, you're going to notice that your thoughts get softer and softer. You know, then the emotions come up. I give you permission to feel them. You have headphones that are pretty much soundproofing other people from hearing you have a little moment. And I tell people, it's your practice. As long as you don't touch the person next to you, if you want to like, woo, you know, shake it off or whatever, yeah. We'll sit up with the blindfold and just kind of like meditate in a more traditional, like, you know, cross-legged position, or they kind of sway in their bodies to the music, which they feel as like, you're not here to please me. It's your practice. Yeah. Now, don't disturb those next to you. That's my only request. But, and then you will see the creativity of a room of 30 people because some people are okay. And sometimes I'm a person that I, I like to relax, you know, being near comatose, right? Because my whole thing is I want to let go. Mm -hmm. And I, I find all the tension in my body. So I realize that I'm clenching my fist like 10 minutes into a meditation. I'm like, ah, okay, open your hands. Same thing with like, you're, oh, I'm holding my breath. <sighs> let it go, yeah. right? So this idea to scan, find the tension, which is physical, but it's actually mental. I don't think there's a separation, right? Yeah. We do think a lot that there is a, mind-body connection i'm like well what do you think the mind is in <laughs> no we all think that our mind is in our brain versus yeah. like it's, it could be the collection of the whole thing you know it's like it's your gut thinking or it's like you know 
I was in the mindfulness. It's funny because one of the I give the different intros. Sometimes I give the intro about how mindfulness is literally focusing attention on a thing. Actually, that's the last thing we get to do because if we don't, then our attention is everywhere, right? It's like your thoughts are pulling up from the source and it's like, oh, I got to call so-and-so. Oh, crap, I forgot to wash the car. Oh, the car, oh, the insurance, we need to call. Oh, the car crash, oh, I didn't like that. And that happens in like 0.3 seconds. So you were thinking about whatever that thing is. And then if, but with mindfulness, you say, hey, one, get, we can do that later. Listen to this pretty violin. I, I, I tell people, call out what you're hearing as a way to get your brain out of giving you one more thing to think about. Mm. And then the other thing is, I always tell people, if I tell you right now to think about your knee, you cannot feel it. You just, But if your knee hurt, that's all you will feel. Like when you injure yourself, if you hurt your pinky, the rest of the day, your pinky is like, all you can think of is your pinky. But right now, I can't think about my pinky because it's fine. Yeah. So this not calling my attention. So that's how powerful attention is, right? That whatever the pain or the discomfort may be, if you catch your attention, it becomes the yeah that you want to take care of like a toothache will ruin your day i don't care what you have to do that will stop all you know show so this is why i bring the mindfulness and the practice that we're trying to let go trying to relax and then by bringing the mindfulness to us rather than the, the to-do list we get to hear wisdom yeah like people always think it's like oh there's a download it's like is it a download that you get quiet enough that you listen to yourself Right. Okay, and then like I think when people get confused and they think that the download is about them, right? I had this I'm the guru or the leader, the healer. I'm like, or are you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Is, is it more ego that told you you no longer have an ego? Ah, look at me, I have no ego now. <laughs> how how cool how great am I that I have no ego? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, right. mm, that sounds right. <laughs> you know, and you should have an ego, it keeps you alive, you know, this you know, body needs direction for lack of a better word and most of it you need to check it <laughs> you know yeah so i, I again I, I really like your i love where you're coming from and how you are helping people find mindful a way of being mindful in in the music um where what do you think so so let's so you're kind of you're basically helping people learn to to tune into that inner to have those experiences to make changes in their own life through through the music through the process of the mindfulness uh what is something mm -hmm. that you feel other people in the mindfulness space um should either start doing or possibly should stop doing hmm, great question I am a big proponent and believer in harm reduction. Like mm -hmm. harm reduction, it's usually applied to the psychedelic world, specifically mm -hmm. around psychedelic medicines. And the premise is we're going to bring people in a very vulnerable state. Right? Any sloppiness, oof, it's just amplified. Right? So you have people who are vulnerable and they're like, I'm going to lay down on a room with a bunch of strangers and cover my ears and eyes. <laughs> I'm asking for a lot. I realized that, right? Yeah. So I have to set that container really, really well. You know, that's why I bring the lights, the blanket, the pillows. The, uh, the idea is like, hey, we're creating this, you know, 
back to the future, like child level of safety. Like I'm the adult in the room and you are off right now. You cross for, I call it psychedelic repairs, right? And that doesn't mean that, uh, that they are not present. You know, it just means that for an hour, I always think when I go to yoga, I pay, I pay them so they tell me what to do. That's how I don't have to think about it. When it's downward dog, I just do downward dog. You know, I don't have to worry what happens next. They'll tell me what happens next. So the harm reduction aspect is people are very vulnerable. So thread very carefully. There may be some people who are either too casual about it and too, uh, what can I say? Um, by people, I mean, specifically in the mindfulness alter stage, but it, you can see it, you know, a bad therapist yeah. can interject themselves in your process, you know? So let's say you're, I don't know, you're struggling with being gay or homosexual. And then so your therapist is like, oh, I think being gay is terrible because it's a hard life. And then you're like, ooh, okay, uh, never mind. <laughs> uh, Carry on, right? right. And uh, the, the idea that anytime someone says, I don't believe in the thing that someone else is doing, that's a very impactful thing. Yeah. You know, it's not for me, but I can't say it's not for me. That's not my place as the facilitator. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I'm not the shaman, I'm not the healer. You are your own healer. I'm the facilitator of a container in which you, I give you the tools, can make art, right? Here's some brushes, here's some paint, here's a canvas. Go paint something, right? Yeah. And then people, even people who are, I'm not creative, it's like, you can create something. You know what I mean? If Picasso could do it, or if, you no, know, think about the different styles of art, right? People are like, oh, my kid could have drawn that. Did he? Because <laughs> if he didn't, <laughs> then just, that's still a Picasso, right? <laughs> so I think in the consciousness and in the, you know, the, the self, I don't know, the wellness area, there is a, push and pull where come to me the guru so I can heal you or come to me the the person who got rid of their yeah <laughs> with big neon leader letters no you go here you know <laughs> and you know then that to me is where I'm interested in I wish there was more talk about what people are doing because I also see I mean, I'm minimizing it, so I think my level of entry is a little less impactful, let's say, than a hypnotherapist or a therapist or psychedelic facilitator, especially now that we have like ketamine clinics, you know, they're legal in America. There's a lot of them. There's some of them that are doing great work. And some of them that I'm like, are you just doling out drugs? Because there seems to be connected tissue that we so medicalized and we're like, it's this molecule that brings the... Right. dopamine levels blah 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 right. and i'm like yeah but it's still it's a spiritual experience because the whole point of it is that you go somewhere on a journey yeah. of discovery self-discovery usually and then you come back and then you need to be held and then you need to be like okay i'm still here for you what do you need right now to integrate you have questions i'm sober right i'm not altered in this moment you are so I gotta throw it very carefully, you know. And I think like there's consent issues. There is mm-hmm. obviously with medicine, it's like there's the purity, the quantity, how much, how little you give people to alter their state. For me, it's more like 
in this container, I'm promising you I'm going to watch that door. No one's wallets are going to get picked, <laughs> right? right? And you're physically safe. You know, that if there was smoke in the room, I'd be like, I get on the mic real quick, like, guys, you got to leave this room right now, yep. right? Which is usually the wisdom of we're conscious. Is there smoke in the room? Like, there's the safety that's doing that. So it's very vulnerable for people to be like, oh, my senses are, you know, uh, dialed down right. that I need to be. Like, I love that the word patient has the word patience in it, right? You're patiently waiting for the train to arrive. But when you become a patient because something is wrong with you, you literally have to wait, you know, to heal, right? It's not instantaneous. And part of that patience is to put yourself in the hands of a healer, right? Mm-hmm. You got to be patient and kind of trust them, you know? And of course, trust is a huge component of this, which if you don't do it right or build it, you can't do anything on the first session. You don't know me. You shouldn't trust me greatly. Yeah. I got to earn your trust. Through that session, I learn your trust. And afterwards, be like, oh, I'm coming back. I'm like, great. Next time, go deeper. <laughs> right? First <laughs> yeah. time. I mean, if you can go deep the first time, congratulations. But it's like, I love the saying, uh, most healing is a process, not an event. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's not the taking of the pill. Oh, I went to therapy once. <laughs> right? <laughs> or like I did. And, it, and as a business model, you can see, huh, I want you to come back. But it's not even a business model. It's just a natural. Right. I think um, framework. Absolutely, right? that plant doesn't sprout overnight. You know. Yeah, you you hit on uh, so many good things there. Uh, holding that container, that is, that is so important. To I've been in uh, experiences where the container wasn't held well, and uh, luckily there wasn't really anything negative that happened. But I was well aware having held containers, you know, having being, being that person that holds space for people myself, I can see when that's not happening and it, it leaves people vulnerable and mm-hmm. their trust, like there's that trust too. They're depending on us to, to have that, to have that, space be held as well a lot of as yeah a lot of the healing mm-hmm. a lot of the healing is in some weird way going back and reliving or re-experiencing or recontextualizing that original trauma right mm-hmm. so by default we gotta go to a place that's not comfortable right right and if you go to that place that you're comfortable and you compound that fracture and you compound that i don't feel safe that's my trauma. And then I go to a thing and then like, I open my thing and the facilitator left the room. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? Simple little stuff like that. Or, or I'm trying to find a place of forgiveness and safety for myself. And then the facilitator is like, you're just not doing the work hard enough. You know, <laughs> It's on you. That's the problem. Problem is that you're not letting go. Well, thanks, Captain Obvious. <laughs> it's like telling the press person to cheer up. Oh. Why didn't I cheer up before? You know what I mean? Like, no. And like, you can see that the frustration of the facilitators sometimes because they want to help so badly that they're like, you know, like you're not doing the work. I say, I think it's a terrible copying mechanism from the healer to be like, oh, this is not on me. This is on you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if I get feedback that I can integrate that 
and this is when if I've done solo journeys for individuals and then I can tailor, I'm like, this person is in very fragile state. We don't need to push very hard in the dark yeah. part of the journey. When a group journey, I go for the middle plus or minus, right? Because I understand that I can't for, account for everyone, right? Music, again, has a lot of very powerful. I think for the music, if I do one dark track on average, everyone is good. If we do three in a row, now I'm asking people to really push. Yeah. Right? And like, for example, on a traditional medicine ceremony, you now you can see the pattern. Like you take the medicine, you come on, we're going to go on the other world, right? So the music is very like, it's meant to kind of squeeze out the sadness, the fear. And like you, you are afraid, you are feeling, you putting you in a state. And the idea is to shake it up and to tear apart these things that are stuck inside of you. So you release them, right? Yeah. Which is the purging of an ayahuasca from the Western mind. It's like puking is not what you ever want to do, right? Something's wrong with your gut, gastrointestinal, whatever we've right. been taught. Versus in that tradition, there's nothing wrong with your gut. You know what I mean? Like this spirit molecule, plant medicine, is doing something inside of you that we know enough about it, but it's also mysterious. Mm -hmm. Not everyone purges. I didn't. You know, I haven't. Like purging my release method. You know, I'll cry. You know what I mean? I'll go into a very interesting inner dialogue that informs me as a, how can I say it? It's my thoughts, but it's a higher intelligence. Yeah. That's the best I can say. And I think if I'm going to science it, I'll say that is my inner wisdom mm -hmm. in the way that when I tell people about, let me demystify your inner wisdom, by the way, we know we have five senses, right? Have, you know, have our eyes, ears, yeah. smell, taste. Those senses are just open, raw, 24 seven, right? You can close your eyes a little bit, but other than that, whatever comes, comes. Yeah. All that input has been taken, but we filter most of it out to important, not important. Right, like sure. very important. Everything else is not important. So when you walk into a room and you get a weird feeling, you scan the room, you smelled everyone, you probably your heart rate monitors, realize, oh, this person there is a little too. I don't even need. I don't have any intellectual data to make that judgment call. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, it is a judgment call. You just judging, right? That's what people are like. You no know, racism is. I don't like people who are not like me. I don't trust them. I don't know them. Right. I'm not familiar with them. That makes me afraid, right? So that's that instinct. Now, with the intuition base, if we get close, uh, quiet, and listen to yourself, you can go both ways. You can realize, oh, I'm not in any danger. That person is different than me. Or that person is very activated and they're in a very fragile state. So I'm going to thread lightly around them, mm -hmm. right? As a conscious study, if I'm quiet enough, or sometimes it's just environmental. You walk into a crowded room, you're like, there's no fire exits here, <laughs> right? As something that, that may impact you. And like my brain, you can go, let me scan for fire exits. There's an intuition part of the safety. It's like, I need a way in and a way out of this room, right? See, when it, it all starts to stack. There's a great book called The Urban Warrior's Guide to the Tao. And it came out in the 90s. Um, I have it in my, I can, I can see it on my but anyways, he talks about uh, 
the Taoist uh, powers of invisibility and the whole mystique of the ninja, right? Mm -hmm. It could be a ninja in a room, you can't see them. And he says it came from their mindfulness practices because these people were so downregulated and so quiet and peaceful that they can walk disturbing the peace and they can walk out of that room without having to announce that they're leaving the room. Right? You walk in without announcing yourself, work out without, you know, people are like, that's it, I'm taking a break from social media. I'm like, you could have just taken the break from social media. <laughs> the announcement is not needed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? So the, 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 the power of invisibility, as I like to call it, is to not disturb and to be a good observer of that room because you can then create magic by that. Yeah. Let's say you are regulated. I love that the Dalai Lama, people go to be in his presence. And for some reason, this man is so downregulated that he literally creates a field that people are like, oh, he's a holy man. I'm like, he did his work. You know, yeah. he studied his whole life to be at that ch you know, chill space. And I think we can all do that. So you can walk into a room and be a part of the noise, or you can be walking into a room, be a part of the signal, the signal to noise ratio, right? Mm -hmm. It's all noise. It's as the noise decreases, the music comes up, and now you can hear the voice, sound, whatever. So I think that that is the pulse that we're working with, right? Get quiet. Intuition is not some magic woo-woo thing. It's literally you have a bunch of data that you haven't processed. The data is there. If we can process it magically, it sounds like a download, right? Well, yeah. just, you know, <laughs> which is something that you see happening. I'll say one final thing about this, the conversation I've been having recently. Yeah. I see this pendulum swinging between this hyper individualistic capitalistic thing, which is you need your own toaster, you need to leave your own, your own house, you go do your therapy, right? You make your money, you know, and then you can escape all the downsides of capitalism by becoming hyper rich, right? right. On the other hand, on the middle, let's say the pendulum swinging, you have a communal aspect, which is I don't do my therapy. We all talk, we all heal, we all can share. I can't grow a farm worth of stuff on my own. That's impossible. I cannot solve climate change on my own. I right. we, we cannot. I don't care how much I recycle. You know, not use plastic straws. That's just nowhere is that. Like instead of banning the use of plastic straws, you got to ban the making of plastic straws. Yeah. Now we solve the problem because yeah. the oil is not being <laughs> taken out of the. So the middle of the pendulum, but all the side of the pendulum is this whole cosmic ascending light worker empath which is now we've completely passed it. And now I'm like, I'm in the fifth dimension. I'm going to manifest abundance. Let does your landlord take abundance and payment tokens? Because it sounds to me that you may still have to go back and get a job <laughs> or buy some Bitcoin. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Yep. There's an input and an output to things. And it's interesting how we're here and we want to get out of here. But then we, we collected myself, sometimes overshoot it. And then we go into this hyper cosmic sense, which is, oh, don't worry, they, you know, <laughs> whatever. The universe provides, you know, or Elon Musk is going to take us to Mars. Don't worry about this planet. We're going to go to this other hot rock that has no water or air, and we're going to make it awesome. But we can't clean up this river over here. Ah, it's too much work. We don't have the money. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. So that to me, it sounds very big and political, but it's actually very personal, right? It's like how your worldview, you know what I mean? I want to be in that communal middle bit, which is, I can't do this on my own. Yeah. It's just the truth. And they cannot do it on their own. So let me help in the bit that I can help. And then maybe you can help in the bit that you can help for yourselves, of course, you know?
that brings you to your community, to your third leg of your, uh, of your, of your, of your philosophy, everything that you do. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. How, what do you see? As, I mean, uh, or else it's just me. <laughs> what was that? No, so or else it's just me sitting here talking to myself. <laughs> you know, no, without the community, no, I, this whole I think thing doesn't so work. Many people... if I, if my private practice didn't matter. Yeah. yeah, there's so many people that are are starving for community. That's, I mean, that's why social media is such a powerful force too, because they just want that community. So there's, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that I think you're on the right track. My my personal opinion. Yeah. <laughs> To your point, you know, social media used to be called social networking first, right? Yeah. The idea was, oh, we're going to create networks of friends. And then slickly it mutated into media, which you are now a media creator. You're a content creator. Mm-hmm. You're here to put content into the machine. So the advertisers know that you're there. But the networking aspect was the first that connect people to each other. That was stage one. And now it mutated into social media. We took the connections out, right? It's like you gotta be shiny and funny and bright and memes and blah 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 to get followers. So then you get the kudos of people liking things. Uh, yeah. The whole system is just so bizarre. It, it <laughs> totally is. Uh, what do you see as the future of uh, of using altered states of consciousness for personal growth? Hmm. I hope that in in a balancing act, right? We, like I was saying, that we're in this hyper individualistic, hyper capitalistic, and I, I don't, I'm not an anti-capitalist by any means, but I mean that the imbalance is the the current system is right now set up that if one guy has all the money in the world, we all clap because he won capitalism, Mm -hmm. right? The extraction model is such that $300 billion is not enough. You need $600 billion. And if you're a corporation, $1 trillion is not enough. The rich trillion is better, right? So there is never enough from the system. But if you think about energy as a currency, right? Wealth, which is what we say. Here's a token of my exchange. Currency, the word currency is that the current of a river, it needs to be flowing. When someone takes 3,000 bits of the river or 3 billion gallons of water of the river, the current of that river is by default lesser. Sure. Right? So if you have 50 families that each have so many gallons of that water that would have been on the river flowing through all of us, right? The inequality of it can not be countered by having more water than they do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in terms of that currency. So the inner resources, which is what I hope is that this, the mindfulness, A, may help us cope a little bit better. And it's also may change our mindset. We say, like, oh, I can have enough. And clearly I cannot convince the billionaires of the world. It's a little too late. But then the rest of us, like I would say, if you make a million dollars and you spend a million and one dollars, you're a dollar poor. But if you make a hundred dollars and you spend $99, you're a dollar rich. So who's rich and who's poor here, right? If people have a quality of life and community, therefore they can eat good food, feel healthy, be loved, 
experience love and joy and happiness, that's pretty good deal, right? And I think the mindfulness and bringing yourself back to, I think we each have a list. We have a the things that I want list and the things that I have list. Yeah, things that I have list the gratitude practice, right? Like, oh no, I know you don't you don't you want these other things, but do you appreciate these things that you already have? Because yeah. when you get those things that you want into this list, if you don't appreciate them, this other list of things you want just never ends. Yeah, you know, which is that whole. I think the Native Americans call it Watiko or something. Did you ever hear about no. this? When the Europeans came, the Native Americans, I forget if it's South Americans or the Native Americans, but anyways, there was this whole thing where they thought that white man was sick and it was sick with this hungry spirit that they called Watiko mm. because these people were just not happy with that piece of land or this many cows. Or that It was always like, we'll go, we'll go west, let's get more. No, we need yours, <laughs> we, you know, and this idea where it's in us as from a Western you know, core belief, right? That because of the way that our society, it, having more is better, <laughs> right? Well, having enough, is not a conversation we get to have because that would be limiting our beliefs. So we're limiting your wealth, we're limiting. I'm like, no, how do you know you hit it if you don't know where the line is? And I'm not saying that the line is, the same for everyone. You could want five BMWs. Go for it. You can only drive one, but whatever. Get four more. But then you get to be people that literally store their cars in airport hangars. Yeah. I know some people in Los Angeles that have storage for their hundreds of cars. Mm-hmm. All that wealth, all that currency. Again, no one's driving those cars. Same thing with real estate. I own 29 buildings. Great. So people are paying you rent to be in those buildings. How are you doing? Are you happier? <laughs> you know, and if you are, bravo, you hit your number. Yeah. Did you hit your number? Are you good buildings? No, no, no. I need 28 buildings. Ah, hmm. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Right? Which is what I think the future of the mindfulness of any particular result is just be mindful of what you're going for. And what you know if you hit, if you don't have, what is it? Native American city. If you don't know where you're going, right? Just keep going. But if you know where you're going, road that takes you there faster, you can take a road that takes you there easier, and you can get there. As in, I want a wife and two kids and a house. Great. Are we sure? Yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes maybe kids is not for in that mindful state will yield a very individual response, right? Yeah. So the future of the mindfulness is as we now being crunched from the outside a lot, environmentally, politically, economically, that inner resource is really going to become very valuable. I think, you know, grant the cash thing, <laughs> I can't, you know, go to the restaurant with my speech, but <laughs> I can still go to the restaurant I just had to know that I can go to the restaurant and get a hundred dollars steak every weekend if that's my goal right now. But that's not a desire of mine. I don't need to get the hundred dollars steak every day. You know, and that's my own process, and it only works for me. You may have different. You will. You certainly have different needs, yeah. wants, and desires. Getting to know those wants and desires and not letting it be an inside out. No outside in job, you know, in other words, 
your church, your government, your family, the TV, the book, the tweet feed tells you you're happy right now, but you see this teeth, they're not white enough. <laughs> Get you know, white and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. then you'll be happy. You're like, okay, cool. And guess what? Probably won't be. <laughs> yeah, a lot of great insights from you, Leo. Oh, if people want to learn more, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, to help up pretty much what I'm doing by now, which is zendostereo.com. That's Z-E-N-D-O-Stereo, S-T-E-R-E-O.com. Um, right now, I'm mostly tr uh, doing travel gigs, which I can get higher by festivals or institutions, retreats, individuals even. Like I've, I've done like, book launches or birthday parties. And the idea is to create these little communal spaces, temporary containers for growth. I also, I'm doing training, both people to learn what I'm doing so they can also do it for themselves mm -hmm. or others. And specifically aiming at like ketamine clinics and psychedelic facilitators, because I feel like music is such a huge part of yeah. that world. And yet it's an afterthought. It's like people just use this like Spotify, playlist with you know it's like a brook crashing through a chime factory you know what i mean it's like you know, babbling brook you know and it's like a little reductionist and understand why that is because i think uh the people who are making those they went to medical school they trained for 15 years right. to become a therapist i spent 15 years in the road playing music over and over until it's in my bones so i have a skill set that they have and they have a skill set i don't have so my bit is, let me teach you the fundamentals of this so you can be more effective in delivering music to your patients or clients or whatever you call it. And it's also a way to help spread this because I'm just one human. And if the mission is to really help, then it can't just be me because, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, if it's only I can do it, it's like, no, I can you're never going to be me and that's okay. I don't want you to, I want you to be you, but these are the tools that I'm using. This is the framework that I'm putting together. And then from there, you meaning you, the listener or you, the practitioner, because that's the whole point. There's different containers, right? There is a Zendo stereo experience, which is used to you at home. You got to you know my website. There's some mixes on SoundCloud. There's like sleep one, whatever. Put your headphones on, close your eyes, do a one-hour journey. I guarantee you, something will happen, right? And that's without me being in the room without anything. Yeah. So at the basic level, you'll have, you know, um, meditation teacher said, um, you can drive a car from LA to New York on first gear, right? It's slow, you can do it. You can then learn second gear and third gear and fourth gear. And now you can get from New York to LA faster. The gear metaphor is like, wherever you're at, the car works, you can get it going. So if the first gear is you going on SoundCloud, just put some headphones by yourself, that's great. Second gear, maybe going to a place or an event, you know, and then fifth gear would be like, you knowing what's going on, right? And you can become yourself, you know, a facilitator for yourself. You can then customize the mixes for you because that's another thing. There's a cultural and personal aspect of this thing that I'm very aware of, mm -hmm. right? I do my own mixes sometimes in which I just use music from age 13 to 21, right? And for most of us, it's a pivotal years, teen years, falling in love, figuring out who you are. So that music 
for what works for you on a journey space. And I don't mean with medicine, I mean, just sitting there and re-listening, it will bring back those memories, the feelings of that moment, which a lot of us are you know, still struggling with what happened when we were first got our heartbroken, when we first yeah. individualized ourselves from our families. And as you know, as a hypnotherapist, a lot of your work is going back to those places and be like, oh, this habit that you have now didn't start last week. Started right. You were 14. Now that was your coping mechanism to deal with your parents fighting. Now it's your coping mechanism for all of life and it's, mm-hmm. it's maladaptive, right? Now you need to put that down and see things for what they are in front of you, which again, this is where the practice comes in. The, the hope is that people can find a, not a custom. I mean, it's weird because I'm going like, don't be individualistic, but like, but the healing is your insights are yours. You know what I mean? We can, the container is communal, but the, the value, the richness is individual to each person. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Um, thank you so much, Leo, for, for being part of this, for sharing all this. I'm going to make sure to put all these different links. I'll put links to that book you mentioned, to Tom as well, uh, and uh, yeah. hope that people really take what you've talked about and, and give it a try because music is powerful. Thank you so much. Music is very powerful. Thank you. Catch you, brother. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Uh, If you did, please leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because that's really the best way to expand the message and get super states in front of more people. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through your favorite or on YouTube so that you can stay up to date with super states. And also make sure to let me know what topics or guests you'd like me to cover in future episodes. You can get in touch through comments where you'll find me on most of the social medias out there at Joshua Ray Peters. I'll see you all next week. And remember, you carry the seeds of change inside of you. So stay flexible, keep growing, and embrace your transformation. (laughs) 